Is this frequency in use? Welcome to Southgate Vibes, a selection of the latest stories direct from Southgate Amateur Radio News. I'm Steve Richards, Golf 4 Hotel Papa Echo. You're going to hear my personal picks of what is happening in amateur radio and the wider world of communications. Whether you're just starting out in ham radio or an experienced operator spinning around the spectrum for those rare and sometimes strange signals, I hope you'll find something to entertain you here. Welcome to Southgate Vibes. Hello, bewildered watchers of the ionosphere and all its chaotic quirks. What will it do next? This week I've been fortunate to be using the special callsign GB100BBC, celebrating 100 years of British broadcasting, and the callsign has been granted to the BBC Amateur Radio Group for a whole year. It can be operated from members' homes, as well as studio locations and transmitter sites. I've opted to operate the call from home, because there are still quite a few severe restrictions on access to BBC buildings because of Covid concerns. But the bands have been pretty dreadful. 40 metres, or 7 megahertz, ought to be pretty good for contacts within the United Kingdom. But it's been as flat as a pancake most of the time, and I found it necessary to drop down one band to 60 metres, or even two bands to 80 metres, in order to make contacts within the UK. But of course, there is also a lot of international interest in the call sign, and many overseas hams tell me how pivotal the BBC was in their early lives, not only for accuracy of its news reporting, but also as a means to learn English. So I've also been spending some time operating on the higher shortwave bands, making it across the pond to the USA on several occasions, and even further afield now and again. Anyway, it's good for giving me a sore throat, if nothing else, so I must have a session on the Morse key, or perhaps some data modes in the future. OK, let's dive into this episode's items for you. Way around the globe from here in Europe, Indonesian radio hams have been helping scouts to learn more about ham radio and communications in general, as a tool to aid understanding and perhaps help in times of need. Amateur radio and the scout movement have a long and distinguished relationship, and for example the Jamboree on the Air is a fixture each year on the calendars of both organisations. Recently, Indonesian scouts were introduced to the benefits of communication by satellite. Members of Indonesia's National Amateur Radio Society, ORARI, recently provided training for scouts in amateur satellite communications. The Radio Society said that the Scout Movement is an organisation which is engaged in non-formal education for its students to form character, increase knowledge and skills, as well as prepare students to compete as national leaders, whose activities take place outside the school environment and outside the family environment, in the form of interesting, challenging, fun and purposeful activities. Activities are carried out within the basic principles and methods of scouting, whose goals are spiritual, emotional, social, intellectual and physical achievements. 
The Scout movement, in the implementation of its educational activities, always adapts to the times and the needs and problems of young people, so that every activity carried out undergoes adjustments and improvements, both in terms of concepts and material activities. The Indonesian National Research and Innovation Agency, together with Indonesian satellite amateurs from AMSAT-ID and the Indonesian Amateur Radio Organization, ARARI, recently provided an opportunity for the Scout movement to get involved in practicing communications via satellite. The event lasted for two days, the 11th and 12th of June 2022. On this occasion, the Lapan Arari IO86 amateur radio satellite was used to conduct voice communication via its voice repeater. According to Research Centre researcher and amateur radio enthusiast Sunny Harsono, using voice repeater and slow scan television activities are an effort to introduce satellite communication to scouts as a means of disseminating information. For example, he said, information that is relayed about disasters is reported immediately at the exact time of the incident. The event was attended by a number of different scout groups and took place at a location close to the Indonesia-Malaysia border, using a call sign owned by the Paduli Sambas Scout Group. Net control station for the West Malaysia region was operated by a number of Malaysian and Indonesian hams, and the team successfully communicated and made contacts with several stations. If you want to find out more about this event and the Indonesian Amateur Radio Society, just go to tinyurl.com forward slash IARU hyphen Indonesia. You are listening to Southgate Vibes with me, Steve, G4 Hotel Papa Echo. It's all about radio and the wider world of communications. I picked out some of the latest stories from Southgate Amateur Radio News, and you can find a lot more by going to southgatearc.org. I'm not sure if those involved in maritime industries are particularly naughty in their use of radio equipment, but it can't be denied that spectrum licensing authorities around the world do appear to feel the need to keep a close eye on what might be happening communications-wise out on the ocean wave. As an example, the fishing and tourism sectors in Portugal are large and the Portuguese authorities carry out regular unannounced inspections on board vessels to make sure that operators are staying inside their licence conditions. Portugal's communication regulator, Anacom, reports that it recently inspected 26 vessels for illegal radio use. Anacom carried out the inspections during May 2022, along with the National Maritime Authority, that's the Maritime Police, and in some cases, the Authority for Working Conditions. In total, they looked at 26 vessels, including fishing and tourist boats. On the 26th and 27th of May, the action took place in the fishing ports of Nazare and Peniche, and the legality of the means of communication installed on board six coastal fishing vessels was verified. They found that the radio equipment was installed and operating in accordance with the legislation in force. Between the 17th and the 20th of May, Anacom carried out the same action with the Maritime Police in the autonomous region of Madeira, and a total of 14 vessels were inspected, including fishing vessels and maritime tourist vessels. Again, all vessels surveyed presented radio stations accordingly. On May the 10th, an Anacom inspection action was carried out with the Maritime Police in the port of Lejos, involving six fishing vessels. In this case, an illicit transceiver operating in the land mobile service was seized. 
These actions aim to verify the status, operability and correct use of radio communications equipment installed on board vessels. Anacom said that if maritime radio equipment is not being used in proper conditions or malfunctioning or in inappropriate spectrum ranges, it may interfere with other services and may hinder the proper functioning of emergency communications. You can read more at the Anacom website, www.anacom.pt. Satellite communications is a huge growth area, and use of objects relaying signals from outer space provides all kinds of services both to domestic, commercial and military concerns. We probably take things like GPS positioning, for example, for granted these days. When was the last time you looked at a roadmap? The UK regulator Ofcom has been looking to increase the amount of spectrum up in the gigahertz bands that the burgeoning satellite industry requires, while at the same time trying to protect existing services from interference. There's some big money contenders vying for the available space, but Ofcom needs to carefully research the changes they propose to make in order to prevent a clash of technologies or even damage to essential astronomical research. The UK regulator Ofcom is proposing to allow satellite operators to access more spectrum so that they can provide a wider range of broadband services, including in hard-to-reach areas. As consumer demand for satellite services increases, Ofcom wants to support innovation by extending spectrum access under their Earth Station Network licence to include the 14.25 to 14.50 GHz band. This would double the capacity available to satellite operators in what is known as the KU band, meaning they would be able to use the full 14 to 14.5 gigahertz band for their services. This would support better broadband for more rural homes and businesses, as well as connecting planes and ships. In the future, these new frequencies could also help connect road vehicles, trains and drones, including in more remote parts of the UK. As part of this approach, new conditions would also be introduced to protect from interference the existing radio astronomy sites making observations in the 14.47 to 14.5 GHz band. Ofcom would also plan to introduce temporary conditions to protect any fixed links remaining temporarily in this band. Ofcom's consultation on these proposals is open until the 31st of August 2022. Separately, Ofcom has received licence applications from Starlink Limited for six non-geostationary satellite Earth stations. These are large satellite dishes on the ground that connect their satellite network to the internet. Ofcom is currently considering Starlink submissions, including whether they can coexist with other satellite systems in close proximity and any potential risks to competition. Regarding this application, Ofcom is inviting comments to be lodged by the 19th of July 2022. Well, that's it for this time. You've been listening to Southgate Vibes, stories about amateur radio and the world of communications from Southgate Amateur Radio News. 
You can find these stories and many more daily reports at our website, southgatearc.org. Don't forget, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch by sending an email to vibes at southgatearc.org. So until next time, this is Steve Richards, G4 Hotel Papa Echo, signing off and wishing you best 7-3.